Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 23 of the Dads on the Rocks podcast. Today is a little delayed because I decided to release on my very favorite holiday, St. Patrick's Day, Irish Christmas, as I like to call it. And why do I call it that? That funny feeling that you get on Christmas morning when everything is full of magic and wonder, that's exactly how I feel on March 17th every single year. I get to celebrate my Irish heritage with decorating, music, corned beef and cabbage, and an unhealthy amount of Irish beer with friends. Today's guest, I am incredibly excited to have on the show. He's pretty much a stranger to me, but the green, white, and orange runs through his veins even more so than mine. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Michael Flynn. Michael, say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. Glad to be here. Uh, If you don't know, you're about to know Michael is joining us today from Ireland. Um, I want to get into that in just a minute, but as always, we begin with the toast. Today, I am having, actually, I wanted to get a actual Irish beer. I was looking for a Smittix or a Harp, but I couldn't find any in the house that I'm living in. Um, There's nothing near me that had that, so I decided to go with an Irish red from a local North Carolina beer here in uh, North Carolina from uh, Wise Man Brewing. So, Michael, why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about what you're drinking tonight and a little bit about yourself? Well, um, I have brought along some beers from my local town. So there's a brewery here. Uh, my local town is called Dungarvan. So this is the Dungarvan Brewing Company. Nice. And they, they have a whole range of beers that are named after different kind of landmarks. So this one is called Helvig Gold. Is um, Helvig is a kind of a peninsula on the other side of the bay from the town. That's a, It's a... Irish quill talked where they speak only kind of Irish language out there but um yeah they have a whole series of beers so this is just a, a, a blonde ale so um let's crack it open here I don't know how the sound come across on this ah oh, it sounds beautiful it normally has a nice sound <laughs> the headphones on now so <laughs> I was um it's been a busy day so I have a I have a coffee here beside me as well ah gotcha switch to the beer now well, like I said, you are joining us all the way from Ireland. It is middle of Saturday for me, but you just put your kids to bed. So thank you again for uh, for joining us today. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, uh, kids, married, what you do, anything that you'd, you'd like to share? Yeah, um, well, uh, to dispel any myths, I'm, I'm not a former National Security Advisor to the Trump administration. I am a different <laughs> Michael Flynn. Um, my uh, Google mentions has been completely ruined by that man in the last couple couple of years so uh, just in case um, anybody's googling me I'm, I'm a different person but um, I'm a 37 year old dad from Ireland I have two kids two boys they're two and a half and six months or just just gone seven months yesterday so uh-huh. uh, really in the thick of it at the moment I'm I'm an architect kind of working in public service and um, married to my wife of three years Ruth was downstairs listening to the boys on my on the baby monitors at the moment so thanks to her for that and um, she's promised not to go start this but she's warned me not to not to put my foot in it and say anything terrible <laughs> but um just uh, i hope my my fellow irishman will forgive me for anything that i say i know on the, the subreddit when you were looking uh, there was a lot of worries that this would be completely cringe irish a lot of a lot of, a lot of irish things tend to get um uh overplayed in different things especially when it comes to paddy's day and yeah. uh, and celebrations and then once beer is involved yeah yeah who knows what's going to happen at that point but well i i don't i don't see it going that way um if anybody is wondering how i find how i found michael 
Um, I just threw a line out there on uh, the Ireland subreddit. He he bit, and I'm super happy to have him here. So, Michael, to you, to everybody else, happy St. Patty's Day. Slancha. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Cheers. All right, before I, I get any further, am I saying Slancha wrong? Because I, I have Irish heritage, but I don't know a lot of people that have lived in Ireland. So is that the correct, correct pronunciation, Slancha? Yeah, that's Slancha or... Yeah, is, is how you'd say it, but um, it, it, people don't really say it that much here, really. I suppose really? maybe around Patrick's Day it comes up a bit more. Yeah, people just tend to say cheers, probably if you're in an Irish-speaking area, um, and there's not many of those, but if, if you're in an Irish-speaking area, maybe people say launch a bit more, but maybe when there's um, tourists around and stuff as well, people tend to play it up a bit, but mostly it's cheers, I think most people would say, but no, launch is... Um, is correct and uh, and it would be used i'd say when people go abroad all right when irish people go to other countries it's a, a sure sign if you hear the irish coming out and people that's <laughs> it's funny because whenever i toast somebody i i kind of have like a routine because and i've seen other people have routines and everybody's different but i've always said slancha for as long as i can remember um, you know, my, my mom and dad are, my grandmother was born in, in Ireland and I've always been very proud of my Irish heritage, even though I don't know all that much about it, but every year I make, I make it a point to learn a little bit more. It's not so much just the songs and the food and everything, but I like to learn about the history. Like one year when I was in college, actually, I did a whole deep dive into like the IRA and the reason that they were around and the whole point of them and like the struggle between, you know, the English and the Irish and, and everything like that, you know, and the songs all stem from that too, but I like learning about the history and knowing where my ancestors came from. So um, that's always been very important to me. And for as long as I can remember, I've always said slancha on, you know, when cheersing somebody. So as, as long as I can remember it. So it's weird for me to hear that it's, it's not so prevalent in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it probably does get thrown around a lot. Definitely the last few years, uh, there's been a lot less um, time in the pub. So I um, I'm not sure what people are saying nowadays through through masks and stuff, but um, no, I think it's uh, it's it, nobody would take offense to anybody saying it or anything like that. So it's um, people are are normally just uh, more invested in in what's in them and the point in front of them rather than uh, um, being too hung up on 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 uh, greetings and stuff like that. But do, do you know what your grandmother's maiden name was? O'Hagan. O'Hagan. Oh, very good. Yep. Um, I suppose the O'Higgins would probably spread a good bit around the country. Do you know what part of the country she was from? Um, you know, I I, I, can't, I can't remember what um what county she she was from. Um, I know that she was very young when she moved, mm. and that that had to have been nineteen early nineteen twenties, I think. Um, but I don't remember what what county. And, and I, if I texted my dad right now, he would know right off the top of his head. But and I remember learning it a long time ago. It's just been a while, and I've forgotten. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's, there's great um, systems. Uh, the National Archive has a free kind of genealogist who will help you to find sources and stuff like that. So if any Irish people diaspora abroad are looking to trace some family and stuff like that, they're they're doing big work in the National Archives in Dublin on digitizing old records and, um, and sailing manifests and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and then the Catholic church has all the records of births, deaths and marriages going back many, many years. And they've digitized those as well. So they've access to those. So I, I, I haven't 
done a look myself, but um, I understand it's a great way to research your family if anybody's looking. Um, before I came on, I was wondering what your what your family uh, connection to Ireland was. <laughs> I was presuming um, Moss isn't a, isn't an Irish name, but then I didn't put it past any Irish people moving abroad to Irish people love Mass. So yeah. I was like, maybe they just uh, threw in an extra A and got rid of an S. It's like, we're, we're the Moss now. Yeah. But, um, no, it's good to hear. That's You're not very far removed. Like Irish people, they say there's only uh, two degrees of separation that if you don't know a person, you know somebody who knows the person. And that's definitely true. Like a couple of years ago, I went abroad for um, a year in Australia, a year and a bit. And I worked in a coffee shop in, in Brisbane. Hello to anybody it's, that might be listening from uh, Tugnini's Deli in Milton in Brisbane. But um, <laughs> any time an Irish person would come in for a coffee, I would get to say hello and stuff. And, and everybody would just look on as they say, oh, do you know such and such? And be like, oh, do they live in Tullow? Are they brothers with Brian? And be like, yeah, yeah, that's him. So <laughs> that's they were amazing. just astonished when somebody would walk in like that. And <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, it's an amazing thing to be able to do. Like people think it's uh, a trick or whatever when you do it in front of them like that, that you have maybe have actually met this person somewhere beforehand. <laughs> but yeah, no, it doesn't take very far to go. But it's a small country. You could drive from one end to the other of the country in about five or six hours on a good day. So oh, wow. it's not like um, we like to let on like it's uh, it's a big place, but no, it's very small. So in, in no it's, wonder it's... everybody knows everybody. It's weird because like in, have, have you ever been to, to the States? Yeah. So I, I was, um, after I finished kind of secondary school is what we call our, our second level of education here. We went on a family holiday to New York and Florida. So mm-hmm. we spent a couple of days in New York and then a week in, in Florida and visited um, Universal Studios and Disneyland and Kennedy oh, okay. Space Center and stuff. So um, it's been a while yet, a while since my brothers have, have been, over there on J1s on the visas uh, mm-hmm. for the summer a couple of times and things but I haven't been back I'd, I'd love to go back um, just uh, not sure when the opportunity come up now with the two boys but hopefully when they're a bit older we get a chance to go back over and have it on the uh, list there to try and get over and see a rocket launch someday there's not a whole lot of um, rockets being launched from here not since uh, the IRA has settled down, yeah. but uh, I'd love to go over and catch a <laughs> SpaceX launch or landing someday. So hopefully, fingers crossed, um, I can pass on that love to my boys and we get over to, to KSC again someday. Yeah, I never... I we were, um, uh, Florida originally. We, yeah, we were only a couple hours from like Kennedy Space Center where I moved from because you know, I, I think I mentioned to you, like, I lived in Florida my entire life and I just moved to North Carolina, which is roughly 11 hours north of there. But on that eight hour drive is all of Florida. So, you know, I, and when you were saying like Ireland from one, one into the other is five, six hours, but going from the tip to, to the top of Florida is a solid eight hour drive. So it's weird to see how, how the, the size of a state is the same as the size of a country. So, um, and that's why whenever somebody talks about like the United States, like it's, they're basically 48 different countries connected together because the the cultures are all different and like florida is its own horrible monster but we have some good good spots too um but yeah like i I went to kennedy space center it was only a couple hours from my house but i had only ever been there one time and it was when john glenn who's um did his last flight up into space he was the oldest uh astronaut at that point 
that was well, I guess up until recently, I guess Shatner's older than him. Um, but but yeah, we got to see that when we did Disney all the time. Um, but it's funny to see like where people go when they're visiting from overseas, like what they want to see. Like Disney is obviously a staple, like they everybody you know wants to do that, but there's a whole bunch of a slew of different things that you could do in Florida. And then you have all these other fantastic opportunities. Like we have a good beer. We had a good beer scene in South Florida, but up here where I am now in North Carolina, it's, it's no contest. It's phenomenal uh, of like the local craft beer scene. It's like a whole nother world. So it's just like different things for different, you know, regions. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's probably the same on a smaller scale in Ireland. Like you can go, uh, a couple of kilometers down the road into I, I, I live in County Waterford, but maybe um, uh, maybe about 30 kilometers, 20 miles to the to the west is County Cork. And, and once you cross that bridge into the other county, the, the accent is different and, and the mannerisms are different. Like it's same same as the States, but it's so strange that you can have that kind of divide just within a kind of almost line of sight on a good day you can see into that county but then everything is completely different and, and then you go another another 30 kilometers north or south and it's it's changed again it's some some something else again and, and some other kind of uh, accent and traits and, and mannerisms and it's just really strange and and i don't know how how it got to that being that way i'd love to somebody to fill me in on how we evolved to be this tiny country with so many i suppose we, we had all these invaders came at different stages and split us up and mixed with us and 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 everything like that and brought in new people so that's probably part of it but yeah it's very interesting and and uh it's uh i think you could have a whole separate podcast on i'm sure but um no it's uh it, it's i'd love to go back to the states like it's uh it's uh the last couple of years have been challenging times over there, I gather, and, and looking over from here, it's been it's been hard to see it, uh, been so divided. But um, hopefully things have settled a bit now. It definitely seems to be a lot less um, news segments on the telly about about uh, the states. But I think other things have taken over in the meantime. So uh, there's always something. But uh, yeah, no, I'd love to get back someday. Hopefully, hopefully soon. And it's funny that the way that it's portrayed in the mirror and in the media, like for the vast majority, yeah, you get dicks along the way, but the vast majority of people wave at you and smile at you. It's, we all get along, but you do have the outliers of somebody that wants to be a prick or somebody that wants to be, you know, extremist one way or the other, but for the vast majority, we get along that people aren't, aren't that bad. That's the same all over the world. I'm sure it's yeah, exactly the same. The worst like people being, scream the loudest kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. So this is the dad on the rocks podcast. I do like talking about parenting stuff. Um, you have a six or now seven month old and a, you said two and a half year old. Yep. Okay. So we're kind of in the same thing. I think you're just a little bit behind me. I have a four year old and a one year old. So we're pretty much in this, in the same boat. Can you talk about the things that you, cause I know that you became a dad during COVID. Um, what was that like? Were you able to go to, um, to the hospital when you, well, you have two boys. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what were you able to go to the hospital when your older son was, was born? Yeah. So Oshin was born in August, 2019. So it was a couple of months, couple of months before COVID really hit here. There was, I don't think there was any mention of it at that stage, but 
Christmas came and went and and it was starting to become a thing in the news in January about COVID in, in China and, and other places. And um, Oshin was nearly seven or eight months at this stage, but uh, for a long time, there was no sign of any cases in Ireland. And, and being an island cocky, we thought, oh, sure, it's never going to come here. We're going to be grand. And, and mm-hmm. then... Lo and behold, there turned out to be a case somewhere, and then suddenly they realised it had been here for ages. So, no, he was um, he was well on at that stage, but he was just—I suppose—he was just out of the real infant stage by the time COVID landed. And then, um, that's kind of really when you knew COVID was serious. Is they decided to cancel St Patrick's Day in oh. 2020, and that was like St Patrick's Day is like the Fourth of July in America. So, oh, yeah you knew it was serious when the, the t-shirt came out and said oh sorry all the parades are cancelled everything is off and like they, about a week later then as well they shut down uh, everybody got sent home had to work from home and stuff so i was lucky i got those couple of months before covid landed to kind of get used to the minding the baby and all that stuff and we're lucky we have family close by here near to us so we have a lot of people around but um you can imagine how hard it was for people but then definitely when covid kicked in i think it was it was a great distraction having Oshin. He was he was somebody who was distracting us every day and you weren't constantly listening to the news because you were trying to be quiet to leave him sleep or whatever, or you were feeding him a bottle and, and you just didn't want to be watching the news. So it was a brilliant distraction. And, and all the phases that kids go through as they're developing, like because it was he was your first, um, everything was new to you. So you were seeing it for the first time and... I don't know, taking how many thousand photos every time my wife is a terror for that um, <laughs> rapid shutter uh, action on her thing. So she has like <laughs> multiple thousands of whatever I have, but it's um, it's something else. And and I've, we're in the kind of same phase, but a lot of our friends are kind of either a year or two ahead of us or a year or two behind of us the same. So they've all said the same thing, that it was a great opportunity kind of working from home you kind of got to see them all the time and it was a blessing really um my second son Kieran then was born August last year and so it was kind of hit and miss kind of last summer COVID the, the case numbers weren't that high here towards the end of the summer I think it's completely a, a seasonal thing because people are outdoors more during the summer here and so there's less transmission and things like that but mm-hmm. um COVID was pretty good but I wasn't allowed in um we had a c-section for both the boys so it was um the second one was 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 a planned c-section so we knew that we were going in on the day and everything like that but i wasn't so Rook could go in and and bring up her bags and all that but i got kind of called in about an hour before she was due to go in and i got garbed up and was brought in and the baby was delivered and got to stay for a while and then um then you had to you had to go out and because they were still kind of in the hospital then you were only allowed in they had visiting hours between um, it was like 10 and 12 in the morning and then between three and five in the afternoon but the same the same dads couldn't come in in both sessions so you had to come in in the morning or in the afternoon and um uh but if if you kind of kept yourself and didn't make a whole lot of noise on the ward you were allowed to stay a little bit longer and depending on how busy the ward was that the, the nurses and midwives weren't that um weren't that precious about kicking people out in time so it wasn't too bad but I, I could imagine what it was like i can't imagine what it was like for people who who had a child right in the 
the middle of the COVID session because um, so, some dads weren't allowed in at all and, and they had, um, I know, whatever, but having a, a healthy baby and everything like that. There was other families who went through tougher stuff where, where maybe they, they weren't so lucky and um, something happened and their partner couldn't be with them to be through it and stuff like that. So it's not the worst thing, but at the same time, you want to be there when your child is born, especially your first child. And um, my wife's sister had twins in April 2021 was it so they the their dad john wasn't allowed in until just moments before and then he was kind of kicked out an hour after wow. and then he didn't see them didn't see them for a week and oh. just had to arrive at the arrive at the door with two two car seats and and wait for them to be brought down by the porter in the hospital and then bring them home and just start spending as much time with them as he could but um he's made up for it since no doubt but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was bet. definitely hard on him those seven days was very very tough and um it's uh I, I think probably in some ways he's probably uh sorry he didn't really enjoy those seven days more but at the same time he kind of <laughs> hated that he couldn't be with them and with twins i don't know how anybody does it anybody has more than one child at the same time oh my god I- it's I can't, I can't fathom that. Like I've seen, um, like I have twins in my family. Um, like my cousins are twins, but that's as, about as close as I get to it. And they're older than me. So it's not like I got to see them, but I have friends. Um, the, uh, a girl that I know she has twins and her sister had twins. And I'm just like, how do you deal with, okay, well, I guess it, it's, not as bad as I anticipate because you change one diaper, you change the other, like just do them both at the same time, even though they haven't, you know, soiled their diaper, change them both at the same time, bottle at the same time, but you have to have both parents at all times because you have to have one-to-one. You can't like, f- like feed one and while the other is like, you can't hold them. I don't, I don't know. It's that's mind boggling to me. Anybody that has twins out there, like God love you. Cause I have no idea that I, how I would be able to do it. I don't think I would have been able to do it. So, and, but I guess it's the same thing with, with any parent thing. Like you don't know what you're going to do, but you figure it out along the way. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's all new to you. And that not, I know it was tough for the guys at times and, and it really is, but it's, it's the same, it's the same thing. It's just a, a, obviously more work and, and more nappies and more, more bins to take out all the time. And, everything's just multiplied but yeah so long as um you're both there i'm sure it's manageable but it's uh, it's gotta be tough and, uh, and that double feeding i think there's a i've seen a photo of of uh, uh a lady free feeding two two children at the same time and there's a term for it i forget what it is now my wife would be able to tell us but um yeah i'd say it's uh it's challenging keeping two two going at the same time and i know we had we had my wife breastfed and um and it's tough just breastfeeding one and getting them to latch on whatever two simultaneously yeah. oh my god and the two of them are are, are big they're one and a half now or getting close to two so they're um they're uh, they're getting big now unfortunately they kind of they live in dublin so they're a little bit further away from us and um, but they kind of get down they were here for christmas and uh they were here for um their older sister got married but three weeks ago so they were down for that but it's great to see them we don't have any other my two boys don't have any other cousins at the moment so it's um it's hard to be away from them 
but we get to see them a good bit and we try and get up and down as much as we can but it would be nice to be closer and I'm, I'm sure when the lads get older they'll hopefully see a lot more of each other maybe they go up to Dublin to stay for a week or something like that or the lads come down for their summer holidays or something but um, when I was younger I know I had I had loads of cousins I forget what the number is now because we kind of I'd be uh, the oldest amongst the cousins on one side of my family and then um, kind of in the middle on the other side. So there's a big spread there and there's, there's over 30 cousins in total. So it's uh, it's great to have so many, but they were, they're all like within, within uh, 20 kilometers of here. So they're all around and they used to come and visit on weekends or we'd go there and Every, every second weekend you'd go to another place so it was busy and you were always kept going and then you could be outside and and go exploring their areas as well which is something the guys will miss like we, we don't even have that many kids living in the neighbourhood here there's there's kind of a change over we live in the countryside there's a bit of a change where there's a lot of older people my parents age but now there's starting to be some kind of younger couples moving back into this area um, in the last few years so I think uh, over time it slowly changed I think you were saying the same thing with Andre, like neighborhoods kind of go through a kind of cycle of mm-hmm. being kind of a little bit older generation, then younger people start moving back again and, and taking over houses where people have left and stuff. So hopefully, um, hopefully it'll be the same. Because I know when I was younger, we had lots of kids in the neighborhood. It was great. You could kind of go off to somebody else's house every day and, and explore. But um, no, I think COVID has been a challenge that way. Definitely the guys, the two lads haven't, had as much contact with other kids and I definitely see that now when I start to bring them to the playground they're a little bit shy about engaging with other kids some kids are some other kids are very forward and great to come up to them and, and once they hold out the hand and, and offer to play it gets taken up very quickly but but they kind of don't know uh, well Kieran's too small yet but but um Oshin definitely is still still learning how to deal with other kids he's been around adults for the last two and a half years really and he's really a little adult now the thing the things he says and comes out with is like mm-hmm. very surprising and 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 not nothing bad but um shocks people about the things he says are maybe so mature sometimes when they come out and it's uh, it's great in a way he's gotten to know us and his uncles and aunties and his grandparents really well but but yeah strangers and and other people not so well you know hopefully in september now he's going to start in the crash nearby and that, so that'll be his first real kind of connection with kids who he has no relation to or maybe has never met before so we'll see how that goes but I, I'd imagine it's going to be a little bit hard but we'll see yeah it's weird because like, like my daughter was um two-ish when when the lockdown started so like we were in the pool every day and playing with the neighbor like we kind of did lockdown together to where they the kids had something to play uh, somebody to play with but now that it's kind of not so bad you know for the time being uh, she goes and she's a little bit nervous to play because, but she, all she wants to do is have that interaction with another kid and she will meet a kid and she, and she'll say, she's my friend now because she, all she wants to do is make friends and play with other kids because she never got that at a very critical part of her life. So now all she wants to do is go and play. And I'm the one that's hesitant. I'm like, be careful germs. You don't want to catch COVID. Don't bring it home to your, to your little brother. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? Go play. Go be a kid. Go fall and have fun and do whatever you want to within reason safely. But I'm 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 at 
the point where I'm just like, go, there's no reason for you not to have your childhood, go and, and play and go make those friends. And we're in a whole new state now where her cousins are older than her. And all she wants to do is play with her older cousins, but they're, you know, 11 and 15, 16, like they're about to start driving. They have boyfriends. They're doing all these things. They're not going to want to play with a four-year-old. And I understand that I get that, but all my kid wants to do is play with somebody else that she wants to play with the older girls, which makes me a little bit nervous <laughs> to be honest, but, um, but she wants to go and play with kids that are also her age. So I'm every weekend, I want to take her to the playground to go and make a new friend. And we actually were, we're living in my wife's um, cousin's house at the moment, but we do have a house that we're moving into in about a month and a half. And from what we've seen and what we've heard, there's a bunch of kids in the neighborhood and I could not be happier because she's just going to go and make friends with the neighborhood. Just kind of like, like how you mentioned in Andre's episode, how it goes from an older generation to a younger generation with the newer people moving in. And that's what that neighborhood is already like. And we're moving into something like that. So I'm super excited for that, for my daughter to go and actually have friends to go and play with. Yeah, that's great. Hopefully, um, hopefully, co- hopefully COVID is, is on the way out as well, because I don't think two years is not too bad. But if, if something like this, like you back on times, I know there's a war going on at the moment, but wars that went on for multiples of years kind of two years is a long time in in the early development stages of of children but i'm sure they'll they'll have forgotten about it and they like two and a half he's not going to remember covid when he's older he's people are going to tell stories about it and stuff i'm sure but he's not going to remember what happened and he's going to change and things if it went on for five and six years or something like that i'm sure um that would start to be a more serious situation and i know Older kids have been kind of homeschooled during this period and it's been difficult for those kids, I think, who in Ireland anyway have gone from kind of one level of school from primary school to secondary school during the COVID thing. So they maybe would have been in very small classes with local kids that they all knew and then moving up to secondary school would have been in maybe gone into a single sex school or or, or got from a single sex school into a mixed school or something like that. And then everybody's wearing masks. So you don't see people's faces for two years or you're all at, you're all at home. So you're not having that interaction. I don't know how that's affected them, but again, kids are resilient. I hope they'll all move on for a minute and there'll be no long lasting effects, but we won't know that for a few years, but hopefully there um, there's brighter times on the horizon. We can only hope. Now that COVID is kind of, on, not gone, but on the back burner, how, and you, and now you have kids because it got canceled or was diminished in the past couple of years, but as a dad, how are you going to uh, celebrate St. Patty's day this year? Yeah. So we were hoping things would be back to normal, but um, we just found out on Friday that the parade in, in our local town here in Dungarvan is canceled because um, they, they just didn't have enough time to, fundraise and get volunteers involved and, and arrange floats and stuff like that so normally there would be a parade every St. Patrick's Day in kind of every town and village across the country but um, obviously the last two years it hasn't happened and it's been kind of hard kind of last year people started gearing up for St. Patrick's Day hoping that things might improve by then and we might have a chance but um, the kind of lockdown last year went on from just after Christmas until the 5th of May so 
Paddy's Day was right in the middle of that, so no mm-hmm. St. Patrick's Day last year either. So people are uh, we're really getting excited for this year, and and there's still a lot going on around. But um, I know some bigger festivals and stuff have been planned, and they're not quite going to be quite as big as as um, people had hoped. But there's a uh, we're going to go to the parade in in our in Watford City is our our local city. It's not that far away, but um, I actually work in Watford City, so we're going to go up there to see the parade hopefully and. Waterford has a good kind of cultural and arts um, community that there's a there's a crowd called Spree, which is an Irish word for fun. But um, uh, they they put on kind of different festivals every year, and um, they do a lot of model making and and making large kind of puppet kind of figurines and things like oh, that nice. on different themes. So they're very good, and and they and they've been involved in the St Patrick's Day parade in Dublin and stuff like that in the past. So they always put on a really good effort, whereas the local smaller parades can be quite, um, quite, uh, what's the right word? Um, maybe basic or, uh, not over the top. Be like flat. Yeah. Just flatbed trucks with, with local community groups standing <laughs> on them, driving past. And yeah. <laughs> it's come on a lot from when I, from when I was younger, it's like, um, it's like when you think about Halloween when you're younger, like you you always think your costumes back then were, were just so basic and you, you look at what kids have now and like 3D printed masks and face paint and whatever <laughs> stuff they have, like costumes are awesome, Iron Man suits and everything, but um, we used to wear like black plastic bags and kind of put coal or shoe polish on our face and we thought we were great, but the, the parades are a bit like that. You kind of have, um, when you're younger, you have kind of romantic memories of, of the parades, but then you kind of look back at them now and be like, were they as good as I remember? What were they actually like? Because <laughs> it's just when you're younger, you just kind of filled with awe and stuff. So mm-hmm. in Dogarvan, the local parades, when I was small, would have been kind of all the, the main businesses. The, there was a creamery here that was kind of the major employer in the town. And um, they would just be in flatbed trucks with, with all the staff of the creamery on the back of it, throwing out sweets, or there'd be oh. somebody obviously dressed up as St. Patrick's Day, maybe on a tractor or riding on a couple of bales of hay on, the, on a trailer in the back of a tractor or something like that. And then <laughs> local Irish dancing groups and Irish bands and um, scouts and, and that kind of thing, just marching along. And any kind anybody, any and every kind of community group, they could have. Farmers groups, Macarona Farmer would be a big Irish farming group and they would organise people to, uh, to walk in the parade and stuff. But um, no, I think it's it's definitely come on a lot now. They're so much more organised these days and planned in advance and, and media go out about them just to try and give everybody the chance to be involved or to attend on the day and stuff. So definitely the Dublin parade is, is like the, the biggest one I'll see and... The, that'll be televised on national television and, and they'll kind of cut then to maybe a snippet of the parade in Waterford or Cork, Limerick, Galway, just all the other big cities around the place and, and mm-hmm. uh, show snippets. But hopefully this year is going to be a little bit different because the government have decided they're going to give us an extra bank holiday on the 18th as well to make up for, for COVID. So That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's um, it, it was, it's been mooted for a while and people couldn't decide when they wanted it. So uh, we have another feast day for St. Bridget's Day that's just passed and people are kind of calling for it to be then because we don't really have many bank holidays between New Year's Day and St. Patrick's Day. So it's kind of a long gap from January until the middle of March. So people were looking for something in there, but COVID was still kind of high around then. So we didn't 
go ahead with that. So they decided the 18. So I think it's fallen very, really well this this year that St. Patrick's Day is on a Thursday. The the new the extra bank holiday is going to be on the Friday, and then we have Saturday, Sunday. So it's almost a really long weekend. I'm sure a lot of people will take the Monday off as well, but um, it'll be great. And there's a lot of sport and things on as well. So uh, we had the Six Nations going on at the moment, the rugby. And we just uh, bet Ireland just bet England a couple of hours ago in the rugby, which is always good for the Irish to be beating <laughs> the old foe. But um, we're uh, we're we're second in the table, and I think unless uh, France mess up, we're probably going to remain second. But at least our hopes are, are still taking along there. So there'll be a, there'll be a match um, on Saturday as well. So it's not quite on St Patrick's Day, but it will just add into the whole weekend that. Um, you know the parades on on the Thursday. You have an, a, another day of being in the pub on the Friday, and then rugby on Saturday, and then Sunday to recover and back to work Monday. So, um, no, it'll be good. Hopefully, the weather weather plays ball. I think the long term forecast for next week now is is looking good for St Patrick's Day at least. But it's been pretty awful for the last two weeks. We've had nothing but storms and. I'm not sure if it's going to come out in the audio, but today was like a, a typical March day in Ireland. We got up and the sun was shining and we had blue skies at eight o'clock. And then around lunchtime, it started uh, hailing from the sky, from the heavens, just hail for a half an hour straight and then lash and rain and then sunshine again and then really high winds. And, and now it's pitch dark and the wind is howling outside. It's like... Uh, they say March is the March of many weathers is what they kind of say about March in this country. I'm not sure what's it like around the rest of the world, but um, it's definitely true today. We've had, had several storms in the last couple of weeks now. There's this big thing with the UK and Ireland. They take turns of naming the storm depending on where it's going to make landfall first. But we've had two weeks ago, we had three storms in like four days and the weather since has been terrible. So people really got their fingers crossed for St. Patrick's Day that they're hoping it'll be at least uh, at least a dry day would be great. But um, I don't think it'll dampen the spirits anyway. People will still celebrate and um, it'll definitely be uh, a, a, a COVID, COVID event, I'm sure. With the, the <laughs> Super <pubs>. spreader. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how, how quickly people have gone back to... Um, just the close being close in pubs and things like that. Not every pub has gone back to normal, but most places have. And I'm sure for St. Patrick's Day, it'll just be mayhem. But um, no, it'll be it'll be a good chance for people to take a, a big exhale and hopefully start to forget the last two years and start to move on and make plans and stuff. So I think the um, I'm not sure what time the parade is kicking off on on Thursday in Watford, but we'll try and get down early. That's the the thing about St. Patrick's Day, so the, the parade will normally, in every town or village, will kind of uh, traverse the whole place over the course of an hour or two. So you can't travel anywhere across the city or town without kind of getting interrupted by the parade. So you got to get down there early, find a good spot on the side of the road and, and camp up and wait for it all to come past and, and then see what you do for the rest of the day. So I think that's the plan. I'm not sure what Kieran will make of it. He's still too young yet, but I know, and I think Oshin will be excited to see all the Ferrari and stuff that's going on. He's kind of, um, the, there's been a couple of different kind of commemorations going on the last few years. We we celebrated the centenary of the um, Irish independence a couple of years ago, and mm-hmm. 
in the last couple of days, there was kind of anniversaries for the handing over of British barracks to Irish forces and the taking over of barracks and stuff. So last weekend we were in Dungarvan and there was kind of a parade to commemorate that. And there was guys playing bagpipes and guys dressed up in old IRA regalia with guns marching through and stuff like that and posing for photos. So he was fascinated by that. And, and St. Patrick's Day parade will be on a different scale. So I think he'll be he'll be excited. He um he doesn't I, I tried to get him to get a photo of one of the guys with a, a gun, but he he wasn't uh, he wasn't up for he it wasn't feeling it. when he sees the colour and stuff. No, I think it's a bit scary. The the older guys with the I'm not sure he knows what a gun is yet, but um I'm not sure the guys had all sorts of stuff. Um there was a Tommy gun, which I'm not sure was that kind of uh true to the, the period yeah, when, when that would have happened. No, I don't think so. I think it's a, a bit further on, but it was uh, it got a lot of interest from, from people around the, the square that morning. People were all posing for a photo with the Tommy gun, but <laughs> no, it'll be great. And um looking forward as they get older, they'll definitely start to enjoy it more. So Patrick says just such a a great little break in the middle of March. It's starting to be springtime. It doesn't look at the last two weeks, but it, spring should be coming and normally it gets a bit warmer this time of the year. But um, Not yet. until St. Patrick's Day is over, you kind of hold your breath and wait and see. Kind of uh, four years ago in 2018, we had a massive storm that that was the biggest snowstorm in, in my memory anyway. Wow. It kind of just shut down the whole place, kind of normal. Waterford's in the southeast of the country and normally being further south and on the coast, we don't get a whole lot of snow because salty air from the sea just kind of melts the snow before before it gets a chance to land. But Waterford got the biggest hit that year. Waterford, Wexford and Cork all got hit pretty bad. But unfortunately, we were living up near Dublin that time. So the whole country got hit pretty bad, but we were looking at photos of like snowdrifts that were the height of the ditches along the sides of the roads down here but it wasn't quite that bad up the country but it was um that was on the 5th of march so until the 5th of march passes now and every year we're all kind of holding our breath and hoping we don't get anything like that again but um no i think it's definitely shaping up to be nice the daffodils are coming up and uh, patrick's day is normally on or after Patrick's Day is, is is when you can start to plant the potatoes. So not to be totally cliche Irish and start going about potatoes, <laughs> but um, I'm into my gardening. So I, I like to you know, get the spuds in the ground early so that you can start harvesting them early. So hopefully as soon as Patrick's Day passes, I can get them in and the weather starts to improve. The kind of the, the idea is that normally once Patrick's Day has passed, that you won't have too many frosts to damage the spuds. So mm-hmm. fingers crossed it's it's all over and um, and it starts to get better. But I think uh, I think if we win the Six Nations that weekend, I think everybody will be on a bit of a high, and and we can start looking forward to a nice summer. Hopefully, yeah. that's the that's the next struggle is summer weather in Ireland. But that's again another podcast that you could fill. <laughs> um, I did want to come back to the to the IRA in a second because I'm I'm kind of curious to to see what your take is on that um, as opposed to what I've already uh, what my experience has been. But I kind of want to let you know what, um, in my experience, what uh, St. Patty's Day has been in America. So on St. Patrick's Day, any pub, even English pub, anything that's got pub in it, anything Irish related is over overrun with everybody. And they're not celebrating St. Patrick's Day, really. 
Uh, well, for the most part, I, I should say, they're not really set, celebrating St. Patrick's Day for the most part. They're doing the cliche, like for uh, Cinco de Mayo, if I'm not sure if you're familiar, but um, all the Mexican joints are, are flooded. Um, for St. Patty's Day, all the pubs are flooded. And it's not so much about celebrating the history in St. Patrick's Day or anything like that. It's just kind of the cliche, this is where we want to go because we want to be festive. And I hate it. So I did that when we were when we were younger, like on a like at some kind of pub where there's a big open area, like they open everything. There's some some places that are really good. They play the Irish music. They only serve corned beef and cabbage and potatoes and cornbread. They only serve that um, and potato soup, things like that. Um, but they will only play Irish music and they open up the parking lot for everybody. And it's just a big shit show. It's just about getting drunk and whatever and i i started hating that um right around the time i became a dad right around the time i turned 30 um so i i decided to go a different route for myself personally i like to do something at home to where i can curate the playlist of irish music that i know and i like that i know other people will appreciate we always do the corned beef and cabbage and my wife is she puts up with me that I only allow Irish food <laughs> on St. Patty's day. I don't do like the green beer or whatever. And like the Irish beer, if we can, but it's more so about being together and throwing, you know, an Irish movie on or learning about, you know, Irish heritage stuff. Not so much like jamming, like the education down your throat. That's something more so for me, but like just being together, having the Irish music fill the air eating and just being with family. That's what it always meant to me. And that's what I've, I've kind of like started celebrating it that way for, for myself. But for the most part, unfortunately, like they do parades and stuff in the bigger cities. Um, but if it's on the weekend, but like today in Raleigh is, yeah, is where um, the parade was, they won't do anything on St. Patty's day. Like everybody still has to go to work They're They don't shut everything down. It's, it's unfortunate, but I don't make the rules. So, but that's kind of how it goes. Yeah, I think I think it's it's um, I, I've been abroad for Paddy's Day in different places, so it's uh, and I've experienced it there when I was in Australia. Same, they didn't have St Patrick's Day on St Patrick's Day. It was whatever the Saturday before, the Saturday after, yeah. so it was a little bit strange. But um, it, I think Irish people just love that it's celebrated at all. They, they you kind of look at the cliches and stereotypes that you see on family guy and uh, yeah. it's always sunny and stuff like that but people for the most part don't really care so long as it's celebrated they just love that people like this is such a small country maybe six and a half million people this the census is going to be done this year and they say it's going to go up but um it's such a small country but it's it's absolutely crazy how much the rest of the world is connected with us and where the diaspora is spread throughout the whole world. Like um, when you from other Irish podcasts and they do a call out for people to email in to say where they're listening from and stuff. And you just hear people in just the most random places across <laughs> Africa and, and places like that, that there's an Irish person there and here and there and, and wherever they go, they make their presence known kind of, uh, good and bad at times but um no Irish people love that it's just celebrated they don't really I don't people would be a little bit more people hate the pasties day thing p-a-t-t-y um, oh no it's patty p-a-d-d-y 
<laughs> yeah, but, but but you see it in some places, it's uh, St. Paddy's Day, but uh, people hate that. But so long as the day is celebrated, people don't really mind. Uh, whatever yeah. way people want to do it, it's fine. But for a long time here, it was it was the same. It was a day just to get drunk and, and there would be a lot of trouble involved in the day. But uh, maybe it's because the same as you said, as I got older, I just tended to a different kind of crowd or whatever or just celebrated differently so I don't see that side of things but um, it's definitely not as bad that way but uh, I think there's big initiatives Ireland kind of uses it to its advantage every year the the Taoiseach is, is the Irish Prime Minister gets to go and meet the the American President so um, I presume that's going ahead this year I can't remember what happened last year I think he went but um Normally he gives a bowl of shamrock to the president, but I think oh. that's a bit of um, the shamrock has to be grown in the states and stuff, and the and the bowl is like a, a water for crystal bowl that's cut here, all right, that gets sent over. But I think for um, for environmental reasons, you can't bring over the clover in case it kind of transmits some kind of foreign disease to crops in America. <laughs> so I think that's a little. Um, I've never, I've never heard of that tradition. That's awesome. I got to look into that. Yeah. So I, I presume that will go ahead this year. Michal Martin is the, is the Taoiseach at the moment. So he'll be, I presume, going to the White House in a couple of days, or maybe he's gone over there already. He was, oh, sorry, he was at the, he was at the rugby match in Twickenham today in England. So he's probably heading there now. It's kind of used to be a thing a few years ago that every politician in the country would jet off to somewhere part of the country. So it's probably the best time of the year to be in Ireland when there was no, no politicians around. They were all gone on some <laughs> jaunt to somewhere. But um, no, so long as it's celebrated and, and the kind of Irish tourism board have a big thing going on every year, the last few years called the Global Greening, where they get national monuments, the Chrysler building, the whatever, the Eiffel Tower, pyramids in Egypt, the Sydney Harbour Bridge all get lit up in green and it's it's yeah. just amazing to see the the connectedness with the small little country on the west of Europe like it's um, that so many people are, are willing to celebrate it like we, we don't deserve really to be able to punch that high above <laughs> the size of country that we are I think there's just so many other amazing bigger countries with millions and millions of people but um, I feel like though like the Irish people are and again, I've never lived in Ireland. I've never been there. And like you mentioned, like going abroad with, with the kids, like I, I would love to take my kids over to Ireland and experience that with them. But I, f- I feel like in my experience with, especially with my family, like my grandmother, my, my dad and my aunts and uncles, there's, there's a lot of heart and a lot of love and a lot of respect that goes into being Irish because we're essentially one big family. Like we all connect to each other. Um, whether we're, like you said, in, you know, Africa, if we're in America, it, it doesn't matter where, where we are, like our, that, that connection is, is there and it's, it's very important to us. And, you know, the love is there, even though, you know, we may not get along in certain aspects or something, but, you know, there, there's, you know, the respect and the appreciation there for, you know, one another. So I, I think that's where it stems from is that you can have those celebrations all across the world because, like and and as one of the songs says, no matter where you go in the world, you'll always find an Irish pub. So because we're everywhere and we're always there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's great for Irish people. Like when you go abroad, it can be kind of a lonely time to go to a new place, especially if you don't know a lot of people. But that's one of the great things that you can you can very quickly make connections through uh, when you're younger. Definitely when you go abroad on a J one or whatever, you can 
hook up with somebody in in an Irish bar and get work or get a place to live or whatever, find out where's the places to go or who else, what are the Irish people around. So it, it's great that way that you never have to be kind of on your own for too long. And, and normally the, you don't have to, you don't even have to go that far. You can just kind of look around. You can almost pick out the Irish people all the time. <laughs> it's uh, the, the local sports here in Ireland, it's like the biggest, the, the Gaelic games are the, are the biggest sport in the country. So we have like uh, Gaelic football, hurling, handball, and, and other small sports kind of and they would be the biggest things but uh, the all the clubs and, and counties have different jerseys for their teams and stuff and normally when you go abroad you can kind of spot the Irish people because they're oh, yeah. their club or county jersey and it's always a thing every year watching the Super Bowl you're waiting to see which jersey will appear and there's always <laughs> one there's a whatever and even in, even in kind of uh, wars to to really stretched like uh, there was some war a couple of years ago I think in Africa or somewhere but there was a guy where he wasn't Irish but somehow an Irish jersey had made its way to that part of the country there was a guy like firing a rifle wearing a Kerry jersey or something like that oh. people, the photo <laughs> went all around the country but yeah it's um it's not 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 hard to spot us at times we kind of stick out not like the, a green the, thumb <laughs> the hair color is a bit of a cliche at times yeah. uh, I kind of have a I say I'm strawberry blonde, but it's probably a bit of a red beard. But the uh, the hair color is not always a dead giveaway. But definitely, as soon as someone opens their mouth or what way they're dressed, you can kind of spot them straight away. So it's great that way that there's people around and, and that celebration every year. If you don't find those people or don't somehow make that connection, March comes around every year and somehow there's a big parade or something happens everywhere. So you meet the people, and then you kind of make the connections and. You go from there so it's it's a uh, we're, we're definitely grateful for everybody around the world doing it and i know it kind of gets kind of monetized and and used in other ways in different different parts of the world but when you're abroad and it's happening you kind of just delighted to be involved and and see that it's happening and people are like really willing to engage with the irish people and just have a bit of a party is is the main thing so I hope um, I hope it continues. I'm not sure what would happen to kind of interrupt St. Patrick's Day. When I say St. Patrick's Day was cancelled, you'd be when you talk about things getting cancelled yeah, these days. It's a different story now. Afraid people, so, somebody's uncovered some some uh, <laughs> some scandalous news about St. Patrick, and they decided to cancel it. But no, I think uh, like Irish people just. Um, continue to spread themselves around the world like it's not it, the, the famine was kind of the biggest um dispersion of people everybody mm-hmm. got on the boats went to america and other parts of the world but still there's no real cause for people to leave but people still just decide to leave for whatever reason kind of get experience in different types of work or whatever or just just to get away some people are mad about the place i suppose but people continue to leave and spread themselves around. And then there's kind of people with long family ties back to the country who are abroad and stuff. So um, it's great that it still happens and that people are so welcome. Like Irish people, it's kind of one of the the other great things about traveling is that in most countries where you might have to buy a visa to get into a different country, Irish people kind of seem to have a, a free pass in a lot of places. Definitely I've traveled a bit in Africa and you're mostly free to travel into any country in, in, in Africa if you're Irish, but um, there's a couple wow. exceptions. But I think that's on account of 
the missions, the Catholic Church down through the years sent missions to different countries and did kind of great work. Sometimes Catholic Church doesn't always have the best reputation, but I think they did good work in some of those places. And so we've kind of benefited from that and that we can have a free pass to travel across borders in some places. So mm. it's worked in our advantage that way. But um, yeah, it's uh, so long as it keeps going, we're, we're happy and people are free to devise whatever Irish dishes they want and, and, and <laughs> tell it whatever way so long as people are gathering together and celebrating we don't mind it's uh I guess that changes my mind a little bit maybe I shouldn't be so hard on the people for celebrating St. Patrick's Day the way that they want to the way that they see fit maybe you know just let them do their thing because I did that thing when I was when I was you know my mid-20s so so long as St. Patrick is still being celebrated Ireland is still being celebrated I guess that's that's okay with with me so um, something I did want to bring up, um, the IRA is the Irish Republican Army. Kind of think of it as when Britain owned, the, the the land of Ireland was contested over the Irish people in England, I guess. And the IRA was kind of, were kind of the ones to stand up and say, you know, get the hell out of our country. This is our country. You don't belong here. And there's, you know, the the green, the white, and the orange in the flag signifies that the green for the Irish, the orange for the Protestant and the white, but is hoping for peace between them. Kind of like when the colonizers in America came over and they said, well, this is our country. We don't want to be part of, 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 you know, England anymore. We want to fight. So essentially the colonizers were looked at as terrorists, kind of like the way that the IRA was. So it's kind of, it depends on what side of the fight you're on what side of the argument and kind of what side you want to go on. But I kind of want to feel like I, I want to ask you how are like the IRA seen as in general in Ireland, or maybe from your standpoint, I know you can't speak for the entire country itself, but kind of want to like get an Irishman's view on how the IRA are viewed and remembered today. Yeah. I suppose it's, it's, it's probably one of the, the last things that really divides the country in so many ways other than sport, but um, it's so kind of, for people, the, the IRA is not an, an official Irish army. We have the defence forces now would be the kind of official Irish army. So um, the the original Irish Republican army or the old IRA is what it would be referred to here was kind of a band of volunteers that was established to kind of fight the English back in the day and try and end English rule in Ireland. And so people have kind of a... F- fondness for the old IRA and memories it just kind of plaques and memorials all around the countryside and side roads where there was little skirmishes and ambushes and different things where maybe um, close to us there was a railway track was blown up at one stage and uh, a bridge viaduct and um, every now there's a couple of different little documentaries about different skirmishes that happened but um, in more recent years, then the IRA kind of morphed into a different thing following the partition when Northern Ireland stayed in the UK and, and the, the South became a republic. It was kind of, um, I'm not, not the biggest history buff on all of this. You probably, if you did a report on it previously, you might, you're probably better up on it than me, but um, <laughs> it kind of transformed and, and the IRA kind of became a different beast up in the north. So it was kind of, again, continuing to fight the English up there. But over the years, obviously, to fund that fight, you kind of get involved in a bit of dodgy dealings and maybe kind of steps over into criminality to fund that fight because the Irish state wasn't going to fund them because they've kind of made an agreement with the English 
it's kind of like whatever political agreements you, you wish could be made in, in other parts of the world at the moment. But um, but that agreement was in place, but people continued to fight them up there. And then the other side were obviously fighting back and it just, the division got deeper and deeper up there. In recent years, it's it's improved, but um, Brexit hasn't helped. It's kind of brought brought feelings back to the surface in the North and um, different people statements people have made since since before and after brexit has kind of really um muddied the waters up there i thought most people would have thought it was kind of trending in the right direction where peace was 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 everlasting and, and not going to be tested but you see what's happening in in, uh, in eastern europe at the moment and, and you can see how quickly things can return to the way they were so hopefully it doesn't go back to that but trouble flares up in the north every now and again but I don't think um, the the current IRA today in 2022 is um, has as has much support at all. It's just uh, it's just um, well, it's termed as a legal organisation, and they're supposed to have kind of uh, decommissioned all their arms a few years ago but obviously there's still stuff going on and they yeah. they commit certain crimes in the republic as well kind of kidnapping people and carrying out beatings when they don't like what's going on in a certain area and so they kind of i think their 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 level of influence has definitely diminished over the years whereas they kind of it was kind of a, a, a kind of secretive thing that used to go on in back rooms and in discussions after mass at the back of churches. And so it was kind of not an obviously an official thing. Nobody could kind of go check the website and see what's the current plan with the yeah. IRA, but <laughs> they, they used to carry out their actions and, and people, people would get caught up in the crossfire and obviously the, the OMA bombings and stuff as obviously that was a big change and other bombings. They were, they were a big change in the attitude towards the IRA. Um, and, and I think once the OMA bomb happened, Definitely, the majority of support in the south kind of went went away for the IRA, and, and they wouldn't um, they wouldn't have any support. People still have the kind of romantic ideas of the IRA, and, and the celebrations happen happen down around here. Like I said, the the IRA would have been involved in taking back the barracks in Dungarvan from the British Army, whatever a hundred years ago last weekend. So. Yeah. People don't mind celebrating that, but they don't want it to be seen as an endorsement of the IRA today. But um, but I'm not sure the people who are in support of the IRA today kind of use it as a as a as a way to suggest that they have more support than they do. And mm-hmm. there's certain political parties, and I don't get into all that, but um, certain figures in, in political parties had serious ties to the, to the IRA the real IRA and denied that and, and kind of, I don't know what way you want to come down on that. Like it's, um, it's, it's hard to say whether those political organizations still have a faction ruling them from within the, the, the IRA. That's kind of, they, they, they deny that obviously the political parties, but that political party is, is they're not in government at the moment, but they're one of the biggest, uh, political parties according to recent poli- opinion polls so in all likelihood um, in the next election there's a there's a high chance that they're going to get into government and, and I'm not sure what will happen then it'll be certainly 
interesting to see but they they claim to be a kind of a different organization now and that they, they've broken all those ties and if you look at the individuals who are um tds or members of parliament in that in that party at the moment they're all a couple of years older than me so they weren't around during the time they might yeah. have parents and grandparents that were involved but i find it hard to see that the the main people in the party are anyway still involved in the ira but their their predecessors some of them are still around and they might have they might have connections and they obviously have the ear of those people so it's not not beyond possibility and, and, not, and not the biggest uh, political buff either so i can't say but some people would say that they're they're definitely still that there's um an IRA general council still in action and that they would hand down orders to that political party and that they would enact that. But politics these days is so like, I'm not sure what decisions the IRA would want to have a hand in these days that that political <laughs> party are involved. Like things are fairly bland in politics most of the time. There's no big decisions being made that I'm not sure the IRA wants to get involved in the decision over whether the, the public health board says we have to go back to wearing masks or not. So I'm not sure what they what the people think they instruct them to do, but um, they might have some power still. But I think that's slowly diminishing. And I think as the generations, like you said, like, like neighbourhoods changing, once generations pass on, it gets weaker and it gets weaker. And, and unless there's something that brings it back up again, I think it'll take a while to, to slowly filter out, but hopefully it does and, and we can return to peace in this country there's lots of people who still want the 32 counties to become a republic and it's it's um it's been in uh, in the news a lot around the brexit times people are saying that we should hold a referendum in the north to see if the majority of people in the north want to join the republic but um then certain financial kind of people say come out and publish articles about what a massive financial burden the North would be on the Republic if it became um, part of the Republic. But I don't think if we had to take a drop in our in our GDP or whatever we did that during the the Celtic um, or the 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 recession recently. So if people wouldn't mind that just to get the whole country unified again, but yeah. at the same time, there's a lot of people living in the North who consider themselves. Irish or Northern Irish and that situation is going to be very tricky to, to, to deal with and you've got to respect their values people are entitled to consider themselves from wherever they want um, and it's not really kind of the longer a situation obviously the, the more stable it seems that you're, you can kind of call yourself Northern Irish or whatever but I could see why they would be against being part of the Republic or wherever but there's plenty of plenty of people who are hardline um British people living in Ireland or English English people living in Ireland happily married to Irish people and this kind of thing. So it's not something that can't be overcome. It's just who your politicians are and that kind of thing. But we'll see how it goes in the future. I've no doubt I think it's trending in the direction that maybe there might be a referendum, but I can't see it maybe in the next 10 years and stuff. So we'll see what happens. Um no, I think it's it's Good bad. I feel like when I think of it, when I think of the IRA, it's yes, it's a bit of a not. I, and I hesitate to, to use the word terrorist organization because they're the the old IRA te- technically would have been due to some classifications. But I 
I like you said, like I think of it like in a romanticized version of a unified and and one Ireland, like without any kind of imperial rule or anything like that. They're fighting for the rights of Ireland as a whole. But you make a fantastic point of the people in Northern Ireland. They're happy the way the, with the way that they are. They they're proud to be North uh, to be Northern Irish, and that's okay for them. Like that's and who who are we to say that? we're going to take that away from you. Northern Ireland is still unified and it's not just in the, the country of Ireland. We're everywhere. So I say that tongue in cheek a little bit because I'm not living in Ireland, <laughs> but like the Irish, you know, Irish, you know, runs in my veins. So, but I, it, I still take ownership of my Irish heritage. So the, the oneness and, and completeness of being an Irish person, being an Irish man, I, I get the fight to to become a one nation, but at the same time, maybe they've done their job. Maybe, maybe the oneness of, of Irish feeling is there and we don't have to continue to fight anymore. Maybe the IRA has done its job and like we all celebrate St. Saint, Saint Patrick's Day when, you know, on every March 17th, maybe the work is done. Thank you very much, Michael, for being my guest today. I can't tell you how happy I am to have an Irish guy, an Irish person, an Irish dad on the show as my guest today for St. Patrick's Day. Um, I always like to leave my guests with the opportunity to have the last words on the show. So if you have any last words for our listeners today, let's hear them. Sure, just to say thanks for having me on. If you're stuck for another Irish person in a year's time, I'm happy to come back anytime. It's great <laughs> chatting. I love the podcast, but for now, just say to everybody that's happy St. Patrick's Day in Irish to everybody out there to you Michael thank you so much again happy St. Patrick's Day Slancha Slancha good night daddy good night baby